3: And welcome to Recall the Midwife. Today we are talking about Series 6, Episode 4. I'm Alex. I'm
1: Becky. I'm Jen. A quick reminder that this week's episode deals with miscarriage, family abandonment and adoption. So if those are topics you would prefer to skip this time, we understand and hope you join us for the next one.
2: In this week's episode, we meet Marnie Wallace, who is expecting her third child. Marnie's husband has left her and she's struggling financially. In desperation, she comes to an arrangement with her cousin, Dot, who will take the baby after it's born. Dot and her husband, Eugene, have been unable to have children and Eugene refuses to consider adoption. Marnie gives birth to a boy. Dot names him Andrew after Prince Andrew. But Marnie soon comes to regret her decision and Tom and Sister Winifred accompany her to Dot's house to ask for him back, leaving Dot heartbroken. Meanwhile, at Linnati's house, Sister Julianne is given the go-ahead to recruit a new midwife. Nurse Crane takes... The cubs under her wing after they've gone to hell in a handcart following Patsy's departure. Mm -hmm. Trixie is back teaching keep fit and Sheila remains in hospital. She befriends Gloria Venables, who is six months pregnant and has suffered a number of losses. Sadly, she suffers another loss. After an initial setback, Sheila eventually hears her baby's heartbeat for the first time. And finally, after struggling to find a suitable candidate, Sister Julianne has the brilliant idea and visits the Hand and Shears to recruit Valerie Dyer.
1: I think it's the Black Sail, though.
3: Oh, it is it? Black sale. Yeah, it is the Black Sail. Oh, We're it keeping is. it in because it referenced
2: another
1: pub. I liked it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Everybody goes to the
1: Hand and Shares. Yeah. Oh, it's a very popular pub in Poplar.
2: To be fair, I would. I
3: love, I love the name of it. Um, the summer <laughs> of 1962. What a brutal, brutal episode this one was. My goodness.
1: Oh, yeah, this was a tough one. It was sad. Do you know, oh, I wrote a note things. that I
2: thought it was a lot lighter. Really? Do you know what I think it was? I think it's because Sister Ursula's gone.
3: Well, yeah, but then it was, I meant more about emotionally with the miscarriage Yeah, it was a heavy adoption. The the actual main yeah. storyline they had really good mm-hmm. lighter bits because obviously situational there was no levity when the situational uh, uh, episodes were on because when it went back to an artist's house there was no like comedy lovely scenes it was just her ruling with an iron rod it was horrible yeah, yeah yeah whereas now you've actually got that lovely festival and everything they were doing the opening of the recreation area it was lovely so that was yeah. great great you're right also but- I
1: did I did have to lull when um Nurse Crane and Sister Julian were in Sister Julian's office and Sister Monica Joan brought in a tea tray and she it was like a it was like a cake with like coffee flavor in it and she's like I had my portion early otherwise it will keep me up too long I was like <laughs> uh-huh yeah uh-huh and there's like a quarter of the cake missing and everything and they're like okay
2: <laughs> do you know I couldn't see Fred in his overalls without thinking of you now Jen oh
1: I love the overalls oh my god but as soon as I saw that again I was like get me a pair of those overalls you know what Jen
3: so at work we got this magazine of like um work web, because we've got it's a long story there's a people who have different things at my job and um there was literally that boiler suit and i nearly got you one, but it was ridiculously <laughs> expensive if i was gonna send it over with you call the midwife book and yeah I was, like, I was gonna i thought oh maybe i'll just get it on the work but then i thought oh, no, that's that's cool fraud uh, so <laughs> I, didn't I can't believe it. they might your employment and, for me but that would yeah. be a downfall <laughs> number one they'll never listen to this but number two i genuinely never would do
1: that <laughs> no of course you wouldn't the thing is what I really want to do is like go thrifting because like all the cool kids now do, thr- do thrifting and I want to like go find like a cool place and like a, I, and I actually really want men's ones because I just want them like really roomy and like droopy and like soft and saggy and everything and then I'm gonna style it exactly like Fred I'm gonna wear like <laughs> A shirt or a button down or something, and like I'm just—I cannot wait to like literally be like a Fred impersonator style icon. There, I just—I don't know you why I'm in, like, really well? wrong No, I draw a line at that, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> just from the neck down, I'm going to look a lot like Fred. <laughs> oh man, I hope the overalls come back again. I want to see them every week. Diva <laughs> well, wear them anyway. That's by the bike. Which one do do
3: first, ladies? Yeah, we're let we
1: Marnie ugh, (laughs) I gotta be honest Marnie Marnie really she I didn't okay I'm just gonna say it I just didn't like her I just didn't like her
3: well, no, hang on. I felt really... She was heavy, heavy pregnant. She already had Kevin and Mandy. She- her husband had left her. She was angry. I feel like she was very bitter and angry because she'd been left in this position by her husband. Yeah. Who hadn't given permission for her to have a bank account. Oh, uh, like, that she made was me just- angry. It made me really angry. So I feel like oh, she's she was
1: a just... Vic- a- she's a victim of circumstance. True. For that, that's
3: true. But... Yeah like really a victim though heavily pregnant terrified about what's going to happen literally saying you've got to be out in two weeks with no other option mm-hmm. and then being told oh there's people you can ask for help well no one's helped and no one's offered she's just been left like this destitute
1: wait 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 let's just pause for one second okay and i'll just say like this is probably my okay i fully owned like my headspace watching this episode is very particular to like where I am in life right now and like what I deal with at work and like where I feel personally about certain things and stuff like that but Marnie got left by her husband like months ago months ago okay because she had time to take out a loan not pay it off and then have it all go into default and go to court yeah I thought
3: she'd paid the loan I thought sorry I thought she'd taken it out when she was with him thinking that they would be able to pay it off
1: she took it out right after he left not realizing right. that he was go- never going to come back but then when she did realize he was never going to come back then she was like oh I just never made payments and never talked to anybody about how what was going on and I never did anything else and then Tom when he finds out about it and he starts getting into it she says something that, oh my national assistance like won't cover this like it's not enough and everything like that and it's like okay so you're getting something already like you know and, and the fact of the matter is like Trixie said it to her Tom said it to her Like other people Said it to her Like and, and she even Has a sister-in-law That said to her Like tell me what you need I'll give you Whatever you need Like yeah, I'm here again. We the love shame. you There shouldn't be shame And but then there
3: Certainly was But she's I... feeling ashamed About her husband Leaving no, no, I, I, no I'm not I, I agree this. about
1: crying and shame But I'm like You've got two mouths To feed and one on the way Like you have to Reframe the narrative For yourself it's Just Yeah and, You can't well, be like She's hormonal It's awful I was the
3: most
2: angriest Horrible cow When I was pregnant No She's just dug herself into a massive hole and not and she's store mad. any sort of help until she's like in dire circumstances.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: No, I don't agree.
1: She had, <laughs> she's had, she had many opportunities to have people show up for her, help her, bail her out, make it easier. You know, like lift. Yeah, the but burden. also,
3: she that meant it had to make it like she had to actually say that he wasn't coming back. That made it real. I think there was a bit of that about it as well.
1: No, I think she knew he wasn't coming back. No, I, I think Alex is saying she, then she would have had to like actually feel bad about being abandoned. But like, I, I guess I think that... she'd faced up. I knew that. I think she'd faced up to it. Oh, okay. Maybe. maybe. But again, it's like you have two children relying on you. Like, I, I just... I don't know. Like, the pride felt like a vanity. I'm just going to say it. It felt, it felt like a real vanity piece there. I was like, if you can't deal with it, then like, okay. But like, you're, you're, you're going to put your children at risk of starvation and homelessness because you don't want to admit that you need help. And like, that's... I just don't, I don't know, man. I just don't, I, that was like too big too big of a pill to swallow for me. I am brimming with compassion for her
2: here. You two arms. <laughs> I have zero compassion for her. Also, Dot came around. So I just need to correct you, Jen, because I know we'll have people messaging. Oh, okay. Dot is a oh, cousin. Cousin. Okay, not sister-in-law, yeah. cousin. Okay, cousin. So Dot comes around because it's Kevin's birthday. Well, hang birthday. on, hang on. First
3: off, Trixie went around. This is how we met Marley And I was a yeah, bit yeah. like... Read the room, Trixie. She was like, obviously she wanted to go to court or whatever. She was trying to go to court and Trixie was there. But that's what I mean. I feel like she was trying to keep up appearances more. Anyway, sorry, carry on.
2: Well, anyway, Dot comes around. Yeah, because Trixie comes around. Marnie's desperate to get out because she's got a court appearance. Because of all of her debt, basically. So they basically put a repayment plan in. And also they just put a repayment plan in place
1: for her, which is what she had in the first place. Mm Mm-hmm. Mhm, and she's dodging her landlord for like months. She but no, she can't <coughs> well, work
3: because they don't let pregnant people work.
1: No, I,
2: I mean that... I've got a simple. What has she bought on on HP the pram thing was it? No, because it was old. It was the
1: pram it was, was the, old. It was the other the other kids pram that she saved when she knew she had was going to have another baby. We don't know no. what she bought
3: then. Anyway, carry on, sorry. It's mm. Kevin's
1: birthday. So Dot comes
2: around with a present for Kevin, mm-hmm. presents Kevin with the present. And at that point, Marnie says, we're not celebrating Kevin's birthday, but you know I can't afford to. Now, I do have sympathy for her here. But with Dot having presented the present to Kevin, yeah. I think they'd have it's let a, him have it. It's a bit much to take it off him.
3: I feel like at this point as well, they were trying to like present Dot as a bit arrogant, as a bit like holding over a bit, like, oh, I've got money and you haven't, you know, I've told you before if you need anything. Like, do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, but um, I just is, think that... I didn't think Dot was being like that. Like that Dot, well, like, I'm team team Dot being blue like, Oh no, no, switch. don't get me wrong. It's I don't
3: like... I'm not against Dot, but I feel like that's what I'm saying. I feel like at this point the writers were trying to present her as a bit, oh look at my door look at my doorbell. I'm I've got everything Do you know what I mean? Like a bit Yeah.
1: Yeah. Pretty... Like, I I get what it. you're saying. Yeah pride goeth before the fall marnie and i don't think that's
2: fair because eugene actually says so i'm kind of skipping ahead now because i don't know if we're getting out of order but you when they come to the arrangement eugene sits down because he basically like pays marnie's pays her rent (laughs) arrears basically to get her well hang on we haven't even said that they were going to take the baby no but i know but i want to i want to make the point about eugene Oh,
1: go, on, go on. and Eugene is Dot's husband. Yeah, and Eugene yeah.
2: actually says about the landlord. He says, "I recognise this landlord. He terrorised me and Dot when we were in our first place." Mm. So yeah, Dot's in her lovely semi-detached property with a bit of. I love a bit of pebble dash. That that house is lush. I did think it. of you. I did think <laughs> of you.
3: She's one of the only people in the country who loves a bit of pebble dash.
2: I do <laughs> love pebble dash. But although they're portraying Dot as being very they are trying to make her out as if she's a bit stuck up, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And I just don't think that's fair because Eugene making that point about how we recognised the landlord's name, like mm-hmm. that's where they, they were in, came from the exact same position. But sadly, Dot and Marnie's paths have just been different because Marnie's husband's Abandoned. abandoned her yeah yeah
3: yeah so so basically she's heavy heavy pregnant like nine months pregnant and dot and eugene offer to take the baby because eugene doesn't want to adopt a baby from so they've, they've obviously tried for years can't have a baby and eugene doesn't want to adopt a baby just for the, from a family they don't know he's like that's not you know, related he's like flesh to them he's like
1: i want it to be family yeah
3: yes So this is like the perfect solution to Dot and Eugene. And also it seems like the perfect solution to Marnie because obviously she's not got any money. She can't even feed the two two mouths she's got to feed... Uh, as well so she decides that she will go through with it but it is very pain it's pained isn't it
2: yeah mm-hmm. she doesn't want to but she's being forced that's she's been forced into that situation yeah and it's
3: not Dot and Eugene who are forcing her it's just the situation that's going on and Somewhere Tom talks to... about adoption to her herself but okay but Tom took ta- well she didn't get self-pregnant so Tom talks about adoption and he then it comes out that he was adopted when he was a baby and it brings mm. up quite a lot of feelings for him as well, because obviously when he actually witnesses the adoption and things, it, it, it brings it from a halt. Because he's only ever seen adoptions as a good thing, because obviously he's got amazing adoptive parents and it gave him a good life. And now he's seen it from the other side with another woman giving away a baby she doesn't want to give away. And he saw the heartbreak there. So I thought that was quite nice that they showed that. It was quite nuanced.
1: Yeah, that was a nice way to give the story extra depth. Yeah, Defo. So
2: when I was watching this episode, my niece came in. <laughs> just at the point where she was handing the baby over and she was like why why is she upset and I was like well because she's got to give her baby up and she's like why is she giving it away and she's like I was like she can't afford to keep it and she's like well why did she have it and I said well she got pregnant so she couldn't and it's do anything 19, and it's
1: 1962 so there's really not a lot of choice on that yeah. one
2: and she just went "Ooh." <laughs> Yes. Also, can we
3: just have a uh, nod to the Andrew after Prince Andrew? That episode did not age well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Some of those choices are now being looked at in retrospect.
2: Like, (laughs) oh, (laughs) do you know what? My heart broke for Dot
1: though when she described herself as barren. I know. I know. because
2: also it might be eugene's problem well that. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah it's hard it's hard to say honestly at this point
2: she's the one who's gonna get the blame for it and he's the also, one who's like oh no I, I won't even consider adoption
3: eugene though with his uh look at me with my gold nibbed pen <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so yeah talking about adoption so they were talking about it around an artist's house, basically saying that, you know, we need to we need to all be as very aware of this whole situation and make sure we're as caring, as compassionate as we can be. And Tom was there talking about it. Because obviously both Barbara and Trixie obviously knew from, obviously they were both in relationships with him. And Phyllis was so kind talking about the adoption uh, with Tom. And I just, oh, it was just a lovely scene. And mm. then Marnie goes into labour and she's sick, just like with Kevin. And <laughs> poor Marnie <laughs> in that birth. That birth was brutal, and she just kept getting shouted at. Push! Scream now, Marnie! Scream Get the doctor, Marnie! Sit there. Like it was just completely <laughs> shouted at the whole time. Uh, uh, I had to read that part. Targeted. I wonder.
2: And she was like, "Don't make any noise.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Don't waste any energy. Push now. Oh, scream now. Was...
2: Yeah. Wait a minute. Remind remind me who was helping her give birth though? It was Sister Winifred and Trixie, wasn't it? Yeah. No, well, it was why Trixie were they yelling at her so it?
3: much? And then Dr. Turner came because the baby wouldn't come. And then Dr.
2: Oh, Turner had to Oh, and it was forceps. Come. Yeah. They yank the baby out. Forceps just looks brutal, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. it does. It looks yeah. like you're going to actually pull the baby's head off.
3: Yeah, you're not, but yeah.
1: I know.
3: Maybe. Oh, y-y-y. Um, but also what else was really awkward was Dr. Turner obviously hadn't been informed of this situation. So when she had the baby, tried to give it to Marnie. And Marnie was like, no, I don't. Because I think I think if I was giving up the baby, I wouldn't be able to look. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't think I could. No, I
2: don't think I could either. But th- this annoyed me. <sighs> A lot of people annoyed me in this episode. Obviously, Doctor Turner had walked into it; he wasn't aware of the fact that yeah. the arrangement that had been made. But mm-hmm. it's not all that unusual for other, like you would have like grandmothers raising their, you know, like yeah, their daughters' children. And I just think the look on his face—I was like, "You've bloody adopted Angela!"
1: <laughs> <laughs> like this isn't new to you.
3: <laughs> well, it's so crazy.
1: clearly like you you like have the fruits of that venture you know what i mean like you know how happy it is for an adoption to take place in many circumstances so now something you know. else that annoyed me about marnie you'll like
3: this because it's slagging like marnie off yeah, because you two seem to
1: hate it but she
3: insisted <laughs> on the baby being christened Right, but wouldn't hold yeah. it to that point, and I feel like she knows how Dot feels about it, and it was going to be Dot's baby. I thought that was bloody cheeky of if I'm honest. To yeah. be fair, I think I thought Dot was
2: good about that.
3: I thought Dot was good about it, considering it's her bloody baby.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can understand was a bit a her want I can understand her wanting him to be christened. And I think she had every right to kind of say, I would like him to be christened. But I think she should have involved Dot. Yeah, same. And mm-hmm. I know Dot did does say like, oh, well, it doesn't mean anything to me. But I do think she should have at least
1: been present.
3: Yeah, same. That's what I mean. I just think it's a Definitely. bit of a liberty. Definitely.
1: Also, you know what other line like really, really annoyed me with Marnie was when um when they when she they'd given the baby to Dot, Dot was taking care of it, they'd bought, you know, the ki- the kid, everything single thing that he could need, and then she's like, Oh no, like you know, and then, and then what's the Eugene goes to Tom and is like, Listen, like, I think we need like a formal adoption here because, like, you know, we're really getting invested in this kid, and you know, we you just, just want make sure to make sure that. Hit yeah it's like it's a protection for everyone you know what I mean like you just want to make sure everything's above board and so then Tom goes to Marnie and is like well you know this is what they're asking for like it would mean that it's a permanent decision and you can't change your mind and then she's like oh I can't oh huh wait a minute hold on and then then she's like yeah no actually I do want the baby back and that like I definitely get that you know giving up your child is a really complicated thing and I you know I don't know what, how I would feel if I was in that situation of like wanting to hold it or not or whatever but like I totally get like her side in terms of like the, the pain of losing that but to me there seems like something really tra- tragic about getting a baby and then having it taken away like yeah. I just when when she walked in with Tom and Winifred behind her and was like i want the baby back and dot was like so you could tell she was absolutely shattered like absolutely devastated yeah. by it i've been here i felt
3: so bad for her
1: oh my god and, and and marnie walks in and she just is kind of like yeah sorry but i do want my kid in anyways. and then dot says something about like oh you know like i like she makes a comment like something like love's flowing know, like, out of a like water yeah, exactly. And she's like, well, it's flowing out of me like milk. And I was like, no, 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 Marnie. No, 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 You do not get to claim anything at this point. You have done nothing for that baby other than give it over to this woman who was taking care well, of it. Like The other thing no. that annoyed
3: me about this scene as well was when Marnie was stood there and she had Sister Winifred and Tom behind her. And it was like they were kind of stood with her like that was the right thing to do. Those three was, were yeah, in the right... right
1: against one there yeah and it's
3: like i've written here they took she took their money and resources and then took baby the baby back like it's she's actually done everything wrong here yes and then she's getting rewarded kind of for like, all of her
1: bad behavior yes yeah but exactly. then it's like a
3: united front for her and i get like to be fair dot and eugene were amazing about it eugene especially was amazing about it
2: but they, they it was very it. it was very confrontational towards dot i think
1: yeah no yeah. one had an
2: ounce of compassion for dot no no and it that was that's all like oh me. this
1: poor woman this poor mother like look at the bad situation she's in look at the painful choice she's been confronted with and everything else and it's like well where's the accountability that's what. Drove me and, and i'll just say like i know for listeners out here i feel like i'm taking a very very hard stance and like i appreciate that i sound completely yeah, discompassionate so she isn't, she isn't like ch- <laughs> I, I 100% have a heart for like how these situations are so hard, so complicated, so nuanced, like have to be done with so much thoughtfulness and care for the feelings of both sides and for the baby in in the middle or the child in the middle that is, you know, leaving one home situation and going to a different one and like all the different ways that that could work. I, I get it. And I am very sympathetic to it. And I, I genuinely, you know, do think that there are, you know, I, I support people's choices, all of that, you know, like I'm here for that. I, I I just want to be very clear clear about the fact that in this specific situation with this specific mother with this specific storyline I just did have a lot of like harsh feelings towards Marnie as a biological mother and I think what I found really frustrating about Marnie is that yes she had a husband who left. Yes, she had a husband who wouldn't let her have a bank account. Yes, she was in a time where women were not allowed to be, you know, working while they were pregnant. Like, yes, there were a lot of things against her. But at the same time, her inability to face the situation that she was in, be accountable, be proactive, and deal with it before all of these horrible things happened—it's like she created the suffering that ended up coming to pass, including the suffering she put on family who was trying to be loving not only to her but to her children and to her unborn child. And oh, well, that- can I just say that? even she, she faced understand? no consequences and got no no nothing everything worked out for her in the end yeah she didn't have a husband and i get you know I, I get it i get it but i'm just saying like she had all of her kids she had all of her kids stuff paid for she got all the bank stuff arrears and then she's got all the support and everything else and it's like okay well uh, isn't that nice you know what i mean i, yeah, just, but I will I,
3: say to her even if like she hadn't have done that with the kids and stuff and even if she hadn't got into all that debt it wouldn't have been like this luxurious lovely lifestyle because her husband had left it absolutely hydrated it still
1: would have been a struggle you know, that I get that but uh, again that is terrible and like I am sympathetic to it but like there are a lot of single moms in poplar and frankly there are a lot of moms in poplar who even if the husband is there he's more work than if he wasn't there honestly like I just like ain't that the truth (laughs) I mean even even today I just and I'll just say too like I'm I'm in a very like very specific headspace with like a lot of like PMS hormones like raging through me so like everything's hitting like on a real fever pitch at the moment but I'm just I don't know man I just could not i what what sympathy I had for Marnie, which was genuine, was greatly outweighed by my frustration and irritation with her and the fact. Well, that I she- want to
3: let's do a positive on this storyline because Eugene a van with all the stuff that they got going know, to bring to him and he was like really we want him amazing. to we want him to have it so obviously Dot's been part of that yeah. and Tom talks about introducing him to um, an adoption agency
2: and he says when Dot stops crying who will yeah I just oh, what no, made I me what made me dislike Marnie was just that she she was having a really hard time but she not once did she put herself in Dot's shoes yeah no, it was like never. Dot, Dot
1: I, yeah and you, I do, and you know I do what? think she Dot, didn't think of Dot's feelings Dot sacrificed herself. For little baby, I don't remember what the baby's name is. The baby, Andrew, Prince Andrew, Andrew Thomas, and even though it was painful for her and hard for her to find, you know, like she still was like, no, the baby should have all these nice things, and she and the baby should have this, you know, blah 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 blah. Again, I I'm not saying Marnie's a bad mother, but I didn't see I didn't see that in, in Marnie. You know what I mean? So, anyways, I'll
2: just. But all I mean, you said this earlier, Jen. But for for Dot to get a baby that she's longed for, yeah. Have it taken and away. then have it taken away like
3: that oh, oh. horrible
2: horrible
3: oh don't get horrible. me wrong i'm not at all i think it's awful what happened to that and i'm completely full of compassion uh, yeah. for that it's awful there's not you know but i just i'm i'm, I'm, I'm with i've got compassion for my more well, more compassion than you two for Marnie.
1: yeah well i mean i'll say this i think i mean in this this is not expressly intended as a segue but just to say like mothers who are so or are people or women who are so focused on becoming a parent and have parenthood within their grasp and then to have it snatched away at the last moment or what feels like the last moment was clearly a theme in this week's episode because not only did Dot have that, you know, kind of like taken from her but also Sheila was in risk, at risk of it and god help me I can't remember the name who actually did lose her baby that was her like bedmate Gloria. there in the hospital, Gloria. Gloria she actually did lose it as well and like,
3: did you notice they kept, so it's like a duality of it, they kept going from yeah. one scene to Marnie's to them, one scene to the hospital with her the one scene to Marnie it was really right. showing the stark right. contrast of someone who wants a baby so much and can't mm-hmm. have one but someone who has a baby but can't keep it I just mm-hmm. thought that was quite a well quite
1: and I horrible. and I and the point I was even making was that you know Dot and Gloria were the same because they both were so ready to be mothers yeah and then had that opportunity just stolen away yeah. from them yeah and it how, was how tragic it was- and heartbreaking is that I mean yeah Oh God! The scene at the very—I'm—I'm just going to jump ahead one tiny bit. The scene at the end with Sheila and Gloria, where Gloria's packing up her suitcase and she's like, she's like, one day, she's like, maybe Nick, this year, maybe next year, maybe the year after that, she's like, I think that two of us are going to meet at the market and we're both going to have prams and we're just going to talk about, you know, the vegetables and the weather and just how things are going. And I, when I tell you, I was absolutely gone. I mean, (laughs) I'm going to say something on that. No, I don't want to do a spoiler, but in a few
3: seasons' time. We will talk about that. We will go back
2: to this exact point. So you know, yeah. I need to before we move on. I need to slag Tom off a bit more. Okay, do it. Do it. it? not only did Marnie have zero compassion Tom had zero compassion for Dot and I get it with Tom because Tom was adopted and Barbara had to say to him this isn't your story and I think Tom for the first time really understood it from the point of somebody who was having to give up their child but why didn't he appreciate the position that his adoptive mother was in
1: yeah so mother that actually raised him you're saying
2: yeah, like because oh, yeah. really she was akin to Doc.
3: Because I feel like that. I feel like he's kind of had this epiphany because the whole of his life he's only been seeing it from Dot's point of view. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like he then. Over- then well, then he should like be a bit new, more compassionate. Yeah. No,
3: I know, but now he's got this newfound. Oh, hang on, I know what the mother. So maybe I. I, 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 I don't know why I'm being such a bleeding heart. Actually, I'm normally
1: bleeding heart, Anna, but. <laughs> Yeah, I think I he, think oh, that. He really over-identified with Marnie in that moment. You know, it was like Marnie was, was like a standard for his own bounce, mother. His role is to provide pastoral care. You can't pick and choose who you provide it for. I mean, you can't, but Tom does all the time. Sorry, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Can we talk was...
3: about the Turners and Gloria? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Go on, let's so, go So, Sheila's in hospital. From the follow yes. on from last week, uh, yeah, because she bled last week when the uh, when the inspector was there. So she's in hospital now on bed rest.
2: And mm, you know, she's my friends, elderly prima elderly primigravida,
1: and she's thirty six, which like
3: don't even on that. <laughs> I one. was thirty six oh, when God. I had my daughter. I was thirty six. I wasn't. Um, I wasn't called elderly prima gravida though, but I think it's because I turned thirty six like two weeks before I had her. Do you know what I mean?
1: Well, also, I just, I just think all of that's changed now. I don't, no, no, I don't no, think... no,
3: Jen. Honestly, they're still called elderly prima gravida and they're still. It's, I'm oh, sure okay. it's thirty six is the age that they are now.
1: Okay okay well that's fine maybe they just know people don't want to hear that so they don't bother saying it in front of a patient so Um, what really annoyed me though
3: is they have this first scene where Dr. Turner's there with Sheila in in the hospital like oh how are you how are the children they're looking after each other Angela's two and a half How's she looking after anyone? <laughs> I literally right yeah, like
1: 14, so yeah, exactly, exactly. Looking after But I don't know, children. I really haven't seen them that much. Anyway, they seem fine, but, you know, I don't know. I, I guess I'll have to check in later, so. Yeah. Like, <laughs> God bless Timothy. But <laughs> well,
3: they talked well, about it. that woman who came to see them. So came to, to the Penny. Mrs.
1: Mrs. Doesn't Penny. Timothy make some comment about, like, what he's making for dinner or something? I, maybe I made that up or I dreamed it or something like that. But he's like, oh, yeah, I've got no, the because... in the oven. Like, it'll be ready at 6.30, 30 No, Mrs. Like, Penny you know... had left it. Oh, yeah, okay. people were oh, leaving okay.
2: food on the doorstep.
1: Yeah, because they knew the kids would starve without an actual functioning parent in the household. Yeah. Well,
3: if, if a two-and-a-half-year-old's looking after the other one as well, we've got real issues. <laughs> Do you Do know, know what? what i, mean? I
1: admit, Go on. As well.
2: <laughs> Everything in this episode, apparently. No. Yeah. It annoyed me that Sheila wouldn't use a bedpan. Oh yeah, yeah. Like now I get it, but for God's sake, she wouldn't tolerate that.
3: No, she wouldn't. She's the last nurse who'd tolerate that.
1: <laughs> She'd be like, "Oh also- no, dear, it'll be fine. Go in the bedpan." She <laughs> also, what, <where> she <laughs> <laughs> like I said before, she's from where I sounded like she was from. <laughs> G- Genaria, <laughs> Genovia. Yeah, exactly. No, Genaria,
3: like generic,
1: weird Genaria. <laughs> Indiscriminate European country that I that I'm making a voice yeah. out of.
2: Yep. I feel like I had another point, but I forgot what it was. I'm sure I'll I'm
3: sure <laughs> start so I'm sure it's fantastic. Do you know what I hated? The Doctor. That oh. arrogance, the awfulness of the doctor being like, pregnancies oh click God. or they don't. Just we just have to wait and see. Well, it's oh, all the the- good you waiting and see if these click or they don't. I hate the it.
1: pregnancy click or they don't comment. Absolutely set me to the moon. And I will tell you, when that woman, when that poor woman Gloria had to be in the exam room, thank oh. God. Delia was there but when she literally had to lay on the bed completely exposed in front of like 10 men doctors and show everything because he wanted to like have like a teaching moment oh my god I absolutely wanted to go in there and just like slap every single one of them for being disgusting we're talking
3: about the fact that she'd need a cervical stitch and he was like, yeah. prepared to give it my consideration." I've written the effing audacity of him. I did write. The oh my god! And, um, um,
1: and the thing is, he didn't do it. And then what happened? You know what I mean? Just the just the unbelievable like presumption and audacity of that man. Like, oh, because he if god, he do, I'd have been like, just do it then and there. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Actually, I'll give you guys, I'll give you guys something um, here. With the, well, I don't know why I'm premised. Anyways, I'm gonna say something. So here's the thing. So my mo- I live with my mom, obviously, and um, you know, she has all of her experiences from like this time because she was she was she was um, still a little kid during the 60s but like between her and all of her, her lady friends you know they grew up in this time where like this you know rampant you know patriarchy sexism was just like everywhere and well, so we said, so, carry on. yeah I know but it anyway so but she has said and then she just told me a story not long ago about another friend of ours who's an older lady as well and a comment about how something 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 they'd had a, do- a male doctor for a long time and then you know they had to switch and they got a lady doctor and this friend of ours was like and you know what? I'm never gonna have anybody but a female doctor ever again. And I was just like, Amen. And that was the thing. Like, I just think there's a lot of stuff that, like, you know, I mean, I've I've made actively the choice that, like, I want to have female care providers for certain types of health issues. Have been lucky enough to be able to make that happen. But, like, I mean, there is. I just just that scene absolutely sent me to the moon and back and like just I mean the fact that he was just okay I get it it's a medical procedure but like no sensitivity no bedside manner no understanding of what this woman has lost before and like Delia was literally the only person in that room who cared about her as a human being
3: well Jen have you heard about the coil over here, there's been research done about the coil. What's the coil for? So the coil um is like a contraception that gets put into women, basically. Uh, like we oh, don't want okay. to talk too much in detail because of because I'll faint.
1: But um, I basically, think we have I think we have something similar over here. It may not be called the same thing, but it's something yeah. similar. Yeah. So anyway, women are offered this,
3: and it's really painful to put it in. It's oh, like we really have a ha- painful procedure. The
1: We have the but, same over here too yeah. but they are not
3: offered any painkillers or anything like that yeah. and basically there's been this big research about it and there was it's just been a bit of a hoo-ha in the press have a look at it but basically oh, no, I know like, exactly
1: what you're talking about yeah, yeah that men thing are offered stuff
3: that's a lot less painful yeah. and they're offered painkillers where women have having real issues with this and there's no pain relief at all offered oh, oh also oh. They've, done, they've done surveys about dentists and stuff and about literally dentists offer painkillers to men like ninety percent more than women because they're
1: like women can handle the pain. Yeah, exactly. but I don't want to handle the pain. I don't want exactly. to, have to handle the pain. Why are we handling pain? Well, I mean, the thing is, like, the way we've even labeled labeled natural childbirth, like a childbirth with no pain medication or support whatsoever, just like you know, you, you know, and it's like, oh, like, have you ever heard of a natural root canal? Have you ever heard of a natural appendectomy? Have you ever heard of a natural, you know, like? I'm trying to think of another procedure, but anyway, those are my two ones that I came up with. But like, there are so, there is so much sexism in medicine and and frankly it's worse for I mean like there's lots of different categories of it there's like sexism against women there's you know racial bias against different you know minority groups and things like that. I mean there's just it's it, there's so much in there and this is definitely a time where nobody's aware of that no one's thinking of it even though people are living with it every single day and it just absolutely sends me over the moon and I know I've, I've seen those studies in the US too about the IUD both getting it put in and then getting it taken out yeah, which is also yeah. not easy to do either and women are you know it's like walking it's like oh it's just a, a couple of little pinches it's just some pressure sure you know that kind of thing no big deal you know whatever and then you go through all this horrible stuff and meanwhile you know like men have a vasectomy and it's like oh it's like you had your spine replaced or something like we're gonna put you on bed rest for four weeks and like give you 400 milligrams of Percocet every day and you know god forbid like here's your fmla or whatever and oh, it's just vasectomy oh and i'm not saying that vasectomy isn't a serious thing i'm not saying that at all but again where's the parody okay where's yeah. the sensitivity for women's pain and people's pain when it's not just you know the stereotypical person
2: what annoyed me most about Gloria's story was that her miscarriage was completely preventable
1: Yes. Yeah. Ugh, well, he was so still sad. considering
3: if he was going to give her a cervical stitch or yeah. not when it happened
1: well the fact that Delia literally pointed out the answer right in front of him and then he's like oh you know what I don't know I guess I'm just going to like wait and see and then he's going to let her go through that horrible traumatic event all over again No,
3: mm-hmm. uh-huh. I'll tell you what else really the conversation that Sheila and um, Gloria had about what a baby kicking feels like Aww. and it was just a really touching and she was just explaining oh, it was what beautiful. it feels like because yeah Sheila had never felt it before and she was saying it feels I can't remember what she said it felt like
1: Little goldfish flapping its fins. little
3: goldfish, yeah. They were like, "Oh, it feels like, oh, like god. Yeah.
1: Oh, oh god! Oh god! Do man. you know That's what? Well, like rage to like tears here today. I'm so on a. Oh, also, 20. Gloria. I
2: mean, would it even be termed a miscarriage? Because th- she was six months pregnant. So, like, oh, it's like more than that. You think? I don't know. Well, yeah, probably in
3: those days, miscarriage. I don't know. I mean, but
2: no, she didn't. She didn't even know, like, if it if the baby would have fingers and toes. No, like I know, but but they
3: wouldn't but, let her but, see the baby
1: but either. Six, they like, but no, six months is a pretty significant loss. I mean, yeah. like that's—I don't know how what the baby looks like at six months, but I mean, you, it's it, that's a significant—that's a significant loss. Well, that that baby would be—I mean, that baby wasn't
2: born; it was still born, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, she had to go through. She had to go through something to get it. But out. that baby would have been viable. Well, nowadays, if, nowadays. It, if, it had, if it had been able to make it and everything. But... Well,
3: they were seen, you have mentioned this before, but they had that scene, that lovely conversation where she was like, you know, hopefully we'll in the future. And then she's packing up a bag and then Dr. Turner comes in for them to listen to the
1: heartbeat. And then they just close yeah. the curtain on it,
3: And poor Gloria's just stood out there. And I was like, oh.
1: I know. And I, was I so cry happy... like
3: a baby when they heard the heartbeat, to be fair.
1: I know. I was so happy for Sheila and Dr. Turner. But at the same time, I just, my heart was breaking for Gloria. And it was a real, like, Duality of emotion in that. Oh man, I, I love the nurse that was like, "I've arranged for a special doctor to come in, like he's I very know. busy." And then Doctor Turner, like, just looks so proud as punch, and like he's so excited, and oh, it was oh god, it was just real full range of emotions.
2: Also, can I just say about Timothy? Like, bless him. When Doctor Turner got called to marnie's birth, and then knowing that Sheila wasn't going to have any visitors, he went to he arranged for Missus Penny to come in and babysit Angela.
3: I know. It was so lovely. to visit
1: Sheila? Oh, Tim is I also so good. liked it when
3: uh, Doctor Turner got some pork scratchings and some pale ales for them to have, like a <laughs> beer, because that's where men talk at the pub. I love that. I
2: thought <laughs> so is- Doctor Turner was actually a bit tipsy. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> I mean, Doctor Turner is a very kind of like he's I mean he's a really good doctor but he also has a very like I don't know well anyways like he's a very devil may care kind of guy about a lot of stuff too which is I think really yeah funny.
2: because when Sheila was in the hospital as well given that he's a doctor he found it very awkward talking to her about what was going on
3: mm-hmm. I think they did that on purpose though to kind of be like you can act around this stuff all day you can deal with it all day every day but when it's your family then <laughs> that's when it actually really hits it home. was
2: like when she'd had another bleed he was like I hear you've had a setback <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you know the thing is like he was like he wasn't like that with tim being sick but he kind of was the same way like he like for as much as he's a doctor like he he like isn't a doctor anymore when someone in his family is at risk you know what i mean like that's show how like impotent he felt how he couldn't deal with right. it he help right well you can really like compartmentalize when it's when it's you know feels like somebody's separate from you but then when it's like your person then you're like oh no oh god and you know the whole thing mm.
3: yeah. shall we talk about the new midwife
1: oh valerie dyer oh my well goodness. before
3: we go well, before we talk about that it was the fact
2: that they couldn't they were struggling getting a new midwife
1: <laughs> and they was <laughs> you okay,
2: i wonder if i wonder what jen's deleted scenes were did you see the them discussing the potential candidates jen
1: uh yes i did and i saw them with like the the rotate you know like all the ladies like like sister monica joan opening the door over and over again to all the different yeah. women there did was you see about with... the american <laughs> no i think i missed that one although oh. i might have been i might have zoned out for that one but it was
3: oh i'm very sorry you did because it was amazing <laughs> somebody
1: applied where was she
2: from alex can you remember vermilion or something vermilion yeah was it in utah south dakota south dakota okay yeah so
3: she was from vermilion and and sorry sister julienne was like i thought an american would be a breath breath of fresh air and this crane's face so (laughs) like no chance so then sister Julianne says so so no americans then (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, and I really wanted to discuss this on the podcast because I also wanted to say that when I actually watched this um, and, and I had this idea, I was watching kind of this area as well because I used to watch it all the time. And, oh, these, um,
1: these series, the series. Yeah, and uh-huh. this
3: scene, I thought at the time, this would be gold on a podcast with Jen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know
2: Americans and no men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, That's well, my role under- in
1: life. I'm very <laughs> used to my culture, being my, my nationality being slagged off by you both and all of our British girlfriends. <laughs> I, I quickly learned we were considered second-class citizens. <laughs> but yeah, I was loving the interviews.
3: And then there was Nurse Crane's comment about young working-class women all over when the war's on, but then they don't want to know them after. And her comment yeah. about that got Sister Julianne's mind clicking, thinking, "Oh, li- She literally had Crane, a yeah. light bulb go off. Yeah. Like,
1: I literally saw the little light bulb above her head go just go... <laughs> like just she was fully like wait a minute wait a minute
3: then she went to the hand and shears had a pint then went to the black Sail, and
1: and then she had some like lemonade drink out of a dusty glass that (laughs) that you know val served her she was like oh these are the ladies glasses and she's like i had to dust this one out don't worry and i was like oh okay i don't know what ladies glasses means but whatever Uh, i would have hated to be like what was the drink that that Sister Julian got it was like what I
2: thought it was like a barley water. Oh,
3: I just thought Seven Up. Forgetting it was 1962,
1: so you, you <laughs> girls love barley barley based like I don't. foods. I don't. Yeah, but Doctor Turner brought Sheila barley sugars, and then you said barley. I'm like, what? I guess there was a real like run on barley back. Well, at this it time, was
3: 1962. Like, <laughs> like we don't just have barley water mm-hmm. now. Did you have for <laughs> your tea bags barley
1: and barley water.
3: No,
2: shell. <laughs> but i have to say i would have hated to be interviewed by nurse crane yeah oh she would looks... be very intimidating she well intimidating. you should especially
3: hate being interviewed by nurse crane genuine american
1: <laughs> yeah, you were just a no chance <laughs> to be honest with you i would have i would have gotten booted out of that job because I, I i mean the lavatories the no hand washing like you know i i'm not up here for like you know the the communal bathrooms and the no hand washing and the bugs on the walls and like all the rest of it like you know nappies in the sink where you wash your dishes like i would not and bicycling 800 miles a day and like doing you know three times a day this like no 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 i'm, well, I'm also, i don't know how
3: how fair the interview process was with sister julianne going to val being like just send a letter and you've got a job
2: And And also, when she she got the letter back, it was like she was nerd. Like, she was like, Have I got this? She's basically been promised it. Well, but also, I
3: I think that's to show how much it means to them. Because if you remember when they first met, she was saying how she used to love the Nartans and her and her sister used to think they took the babies in the ground, bag- ground cases. Like, so it's a big <laughs> deal to her family and everything.
1: But the thing is, and this is a question we haven't asked in a long, long time, but like, and I mean, I, I love Val. Val's a great nurse. But the fact of the matter is like, what actual qualifications does Val have? Like, I mean, she was definitely an army nurse and that's for sure. And she like had that training. But then when the war was over, she came back and she literally has just been working in the pub. Like, does she need to take a test? Does she need to like get a license? Like, what, oh, what is-
3: She's in, Jen. She's in.
1: But I know <laughs> yeah, she's Yeah, because in, actually, but... there, there wouldn't have been much was midwifery
2: like... in the army, well, would there?
1: No. And like, I mean, and she did get hired as a district nurse, you know, so that's fair. But like... They must have said all...
3: she, she had midwife training beforehand. They must have said it.
1: <laughs> I'm sure they did. I'm sure. They- and obviously she's qualified and like all that kind of stuff like that. And who's going to get... I was too distracted by loving the "slinging off Americans comment. Because I thought, I way way to bring this up to Jen. Well, and by the way, that's another mark against us. Because the last American we saw was that horrible fiance of the son. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was bad to his mom, remember? And so like now we have had two bad Americans. You marks. know
3: what? Maybe when we met Heidi Thomas, I could have been like, what have you got against Americans? <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're cutting out a whole group of audience members here that will really love this show. Like, come on, give us a good American role model, for God's sakes. Do you know what I was
2: loving? Nurse Crane's comment about small boys who she finds exasperating and violent.
3: Oh, <laughs> oh true. So, in context, basically, they were saying about this. So, there's a. there's a. This
1: is the recreation- scene where Fred is wearing the overalls, by the way. I feel like. Yeah. She's so, there's a
3: recreation done. area opening, but the mayor can't open it, but they're still going to make this. Good of it. Violet and Fred are going to do stuff. Violet looks after the brownies and there's no one looking after the cubs. It's gone to hell in a handcart since yep. M- uh, Nurse Pratt, Yeah. Yeah. So so basically they were like, Barbara was like, I've not got the time. And Fred was like, I've not got the time. So they were like saying to Nurse Crane, you should do it. And she was like, oh, no, no, no. I find young boys exasperating, and violent. I thought, same, same. <laughs> then Barbara and Fred were like, well, they're just going to become exasperating and violent men if you don't get uh you don't get your hands them on
1: them and change them now yeah exactly <laughs> and then and she, she so was she like well to
3: get a whistle and i love the fact that she she tried to get a discount for the whistle <laughs> <laughs> how expensive is this whistle
0: <laughs> also well, that I got brownie outfit that she...
3: Bex, was your
1: brownie
2: outfit like that i was too scared to join the brownies you are <laughs> right what well, too... do they have knives near you like no, I was too shy. Like I just didn't I did have a hand me down brownie outfit, but I was too scared to actually attend.
3: Well
1: oh, I made like, major Yeah. I just feel like Phyllis is like <laughs> a Kayla outfit was like literally the same pattern they used for the nurses uniforms and they just made it in green you know what I mean it looked like the exact same cut the exact same shape it was just like in that green kind of like broad color because
3: I was in brownies and we had that basically it was 20 years later but it was still pretty much the exact same brownies outfit except we had a brown bubble hat with like Mm -hmm. patches on it but I remember my my brownies
1: I only saw boys in this
3: were around the Maypole with Violet.
1: Oh, 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 yes, 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 I saw that. Sorry. Yeah. And
3: I wore I wore that exact same brownie outfit. But I um (laughs) I just also I was really tall and I was given someone who was really short the the outfit. So i used to have to wear (laughs) cycling shorts on the mine. But Oh
1: here girls, here's here's a story and I won't say um who this is although if she listened to the pod she would know. But I had a friend one time. Now we were both in our like late twenties, I wanna say, and she was very much we were, you know, Well, we were both single at the time. She was very, very single at the time and hoping not to be. And it was coming up on Halloween and she decided that she wanted to like really make a splash with her costume. And, you know, like, you know, I mean, all all girls do this. You want to kind of use Halloween as a chance to kind of like, you know, maybe like step out of character a little bit. Not all girls, but you know what I'm saying? Like there is a tradition of girls wearing, you know, kind of revealing costumes. And I'm not sure. I can't remember now how she got her hands on it. But there was a Girl Scout outfit from somebody who... Had been in Girl Scouts when they were a kid, but not like a chi- not like a little child, like older. But my- and my friend is quite a slight woman, and she was able to squeeze herself into this dress. And when I tell you, it was as short and as tight as you could go. And she was dressed as a Girl Scout, but it was very much like Girl Scout as a you know like it was kind of like um you know like how you dress as a french maid kind of it was like it was meant to be very suggestive and everything and i mean she did look very you know she she hit the mark you know what i'm saying but anyways that that really stood out to me because i was like oh my god i mean i think you're gonna attract the wrong kind of (laughs) i think i think she was kind of hoping for just a little bit of wrong you know i mean like you know she was we were it was it was a time in life you know what i mean like there are seasons for everything (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no I'd rather go if I'm
2: if I'm gonna have to do fancy dress I'd rather go down the comedy route
1: oh whenever I think about dressing up for Halloween yeah. I either want to go as like a, an old man or an old woman like I want I want to wear something comfortable that where I don't have to look cute at all like uh, I you hate know, like, fancy dress I hate it it's never I form. don't I never it's do expensive. it expensive but... I hate yeah. it yeah, well, you have to buy clothes that you're never going to wear again, and that's yeah. always something that I don't want to do. But and I like Halloween, but I just it just feels like it's just, it's just a lot of work, also. So
3: and last Halloween, I I <laughs> it rained really really badly, and I it went trick or treating, and we had a bit of a Halloween party at our house. And I wore, like, bright green face and did all this, thinking other adults would do it. No one else did. <laughs> 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 and then when we went trickle and got absolutely peed. I'm like, I was wet to my knickers with rain. Oh. And, and my daughter was like, she was five at this point, but she was still like, come on, let's go, loving it. I'm <laughs> like, I got back and I looked like I'd just been one of the melted witches from the, you know, where... Uh... <laughs>
2: We used to do um, bar crawls in fancy dress when I first joined my job and we once did a theme. We were dressed up. Me, I was dressed as a bumblebee. My friend was dressed as a ladybird and we wore balaclavas that you got for us, Alex. Yes. And we had to get a taxi And the taxi driver was like I feel like a getaway driver (laughs) So we basically got in wearing balaclavas Do you think, Bex, that night We met all those Hulk
3: Hogan's Yes, I do There was a a stag do And we were out with our other friend from uni And uh, we were out visiting Bex And there was a load, there was like 20 Hulk Hogan's And then the the actual group Was the Ultimate Warrior And he was so drunk, he kept doing the Ultimate Warrior's pose And then just running around Like outside (laughs) was ace uh, oh god anyway That's talking to Fred and Violet so they had yeah. a big race basically that the, the the old pram of Marnie's was involved in but it's all right because she got a brand new one anyway from Eugene yeah and exactly no, the, she the ran the scam scene. on that
1: poor family and then she got all new stuff out of it yeah. the end scene when
2: like everybody's happy down the new rec ground. Marnie's loving life because the baby's in a really posh pram. Dots just sat a new, up, sobbing.
3: a new a new, uh, new of a new mattress a new mattress. She's got a rent paid. She's she's yeah. yeah really really a little bit of a little bit of a little bit Dressed as a um. Roman. Also, <laughs> so Sister what? Monica Joan being attention. in the race. Yeah, he was I dressed as a Roman. Attention. It was next level good. You need to go watch the end of it. I'm going to and go also back Sister and watch. Monica Joan being part of the race. <laughs> She's like 90. <laughs> Pushing her along. And also the Trixie, poor Barbara, was really self-conscious at the front of the uh, aerobics. And then she was like, oh, yeah, we're going to do it for the
2: opening of the rec round. What in our <laughs> but I was like, my wobbly bit. Yeah. <laughs> Trixie's lost all her fitness that's not from the fact that she's not been to keep fit she's not been cycling around Poplar yeah that's yeah, true I
1: definitely think that's true yeah
3: yeah she'll be in more sedentary she's so hot she would be conserving energy over there as well and um, mm-hmm. one more scene I want to talk about is actually about Trixie um, mm-hmm. Trixie and Sister Julienne talking about um, Sister Mary Cynthia
1: oh, oh yeah oh yes this is so important I totally forgot about this yes I, we're, oh, we're heading towards here? yeah we're heading towards this big this bigger plot line but they're keep these the breadcrumb phase and um it's very concerning. And
2: I don't think Sister Julianne necessarily knows the full truth. Do you think Sister Julianne no, is
3: doesn't. just repeating no. what no, she's she- been told? Yeah. percent she, she
1: definitely is just trusting what she's being what, what's been told to her. He wouldn't she wouldn't let it lie if know. she knew it was anything bad. And and not to be a spoiler, but like later on. Something will happen, and I I feel very confident that Sister Julian is going to say I you know like I can't believe I didn't do more for you like I if I had known this was going on I would have like searched I mean like there's like Sister Julian is going to have a real kind of like crisis of conscience later on I feel very confident about that I think that's right I think that's right yeah (laughs) but yeah I'm I'm worried about Cynthia too like Sister Mary I keep
3: getting told off when I call her
1: Cynthia by Bex so
2: well well I just think it's disrespectful.
3: (laughs) <laughs> well, notice she didn't say anything to Jen then. Well God, because she knows I'm raging like an absolute <laughs> psychopath right now this
1: episode. You don't know where I'm gonna go. I'm literally oh.
3: cowering because I'm making sure I'm saying it right.
1: I know, but I've been flying off the
2: handle this whole time. So <laughs> I don't want us to get corrected by, <laughs> by, by
3: people
1: like they don't even know that Cynthia's sister Mary Cynthia. Yeah. I am we I know Oh so you okay. mean you're
3: saying that's I am a gender, not there. Well yeah. I just don't know anything. of well, she's American. I don't <laughs> <have accepted. laughs> <It's funny. laughs>
1: That's great. That's really great. Oh, just what I needed. Thanks, girls. (laughs) (laughs) Do we do zeros and heroes?
2: Yeah, let's do it. Who's going first?
1: Oh, not me. I have no idea. Sorry. My zero.
2: We all know who it is. It's Marnie.
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Got nothing positive
2: to say about Marnie. Mm hmm. I have more I did go off on her About her financial situation I do have more sympathy For that Because she's just Dug herself into a hole But her complete Lack of compassion And empathy Putting herself in Dot's shoes Just snatching Kevin's birthday present Off him It's just She's gone too far Yeah Too Um, far My hero All I knew was my zero I don't actually Have a hero prepared It's not going to be Tom It's not going to be Sister Winifred (laughs) The not really, oh, Sheila.
1: At the risk of giving away one that I could use. What about Eugene? Well,
2: why, why are you what, ideas? I've, <laughs> no, I'm not going to give it to Eugene because he is forced Dot. I mean, he's probably shooting blanks. <laughs> well, I don't think that's the case for making him a zero. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I mean is he's forced Dot into a situation where he will only have his own flesh and blood in the house. He won't consider adoption. So yeah, he does come good in the end, but no... My hero is going to be Valerie Dyer. Oh, there we go. Because she is into caring, not just curing.
3: Oh, nice. I like that. Did you just think of that? That was good.
2: No, no I wrote that down because she show. said it. The army oh, was more oh. curing
3: than caring. Oh, she did, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I did actually hear that from her and then just uh, let you take credit for it in my head. Yeah. I'll go next. My okay. hero is... No, actually, I'll do my zero first. My zero is Marnie's husband. None Fair. of this, none Fair. of this would have happened without him leaving and just abandoning yeah. her. But his two children uh, already. Also, we should always be
1: child. blaming men more than we are. So let's just do that too. Yeah.
3: The other, the other hero, zero could have been the doctor who uh, was just awful. Um, and yeah. my my hero is going to be Eugene. And you're right about the fact that he said about not having anything that wasn't his flesh and blood but he learned from that and he's not going to do that anymore and the fact that he wanted the he wanted the child to have everything and that he was there obviously supporting dot still and that he was going to go and look into adoption and you know sort it um i just i just think that was really good that, that he did actually have a change of heart there and it the situation did make him evolve and uh yeah I just like the fact that he did. Still, they were, could have been spiteful and been like, "I can't believe we've done this," and try and get everything back. But no, he was—he was very magnanimous with it. He gave her the stuff, and that was it. Like I just—I just thought that was very
1: mm-hmm. well. So they're going to get with. a baby
2: easy, aren't oh,
3: they?
1: The, the, yeah, what they—I—I th- I feel that they're going to adopt a baby and have a nice happy life. Yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah, I really, really
3: hope so. But I thought. He didn't have to do that, and he did, and I thought that was very kind. Right, yeah. exactly. They could have said they've it been for treated badly
1: they to have a baby, and they decided exactly. to be generous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. My zero is gonna be. We've already touched on this a little bit, but it's it's more the overall situation. But that horrible doctor who treats Gloria so badly. Yeah. I just think he was an absolute to borrow a British phrase, nabed, and I just absolutely. <laughs> was so mortified on her behalf having to have all of her bits out like in front of everybody like with no compassion and understanding and then to be like so disrespected just you know like as a matter of course and then like what she went through absolutely just broke my heart and when she was like packing up her bag and putting like her little slippers in her suitcase and everything it just it just absolutely killed me and like for as happy as I am for Dr. Turner and Sheila and you know we know what's coming for them and stuff like that I just still and I just really broke my heart in the moment. And I just thought that horrible, disgusting doctor was doing a disservice to his profession and humanity. And then my hero is going to be Phyllis because. I will tell you what, like taking on the job of raising sweet, kind, rule following, respectful men is no easy task. And I know she's not their mother, but she's spending a lot of time with those boys. And it's gonna be a lot of energy and effort on her part to, you know, whip them into shape. And I just think she's a hero. And I love her. And I think that you know, the whistle was hilarious and I just think she's so great. And along with my hero, Phyllis I just have to do an honourable mes- mention for Fred and his overalls because I just love him <laughs> again. And I just am not going to get over it and I don't want to. And um, even though I've been so all over the place this episode. Yeah, those are my heroes and zeros.
3: <laughs> I actually want to um, not amend. I just want to add an extra hero. I actually changed my hero at last minute without remembering because I just totally forgot who I was going to choose. I had, it, <laughs> I had it written down and then I deleted it by accident. My actual hero, and yeah, Eugenia, yeah, he's great, but he's not my actual hero. My actual hero is Gloria. Oh, She just keeps going through it, but she still is. She still comes back, and she still tries, and she still has that hope. And yeah, I just think what she's been through is absolutely horrendous, mm-hmm. and she is my hero for just not losing hope and not losing just oh just for just keeping keeping on like poor girl it's awful so she's my her,
1: her strength of character is legendary so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. also that awful doctor i think he's called was he called mr kenley yeah, Dr. Kenley, I think, was right. Yeah, yeah. He just, the other
2: thing that, that I didn't say earlier was he just completely underestimated Sheila and Delia. Yeah. Because they know what they're talking about. They she be, every be time,
3: small, but she be mighty, was what he said when she actually knew something.
2: Yeah, and he was, like, completely taken aback when they both knew what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. He was like, "Oh, women actually have like you know intelligence and experience and competency in an area of you know like a magnitude of this." Like, "Oh, I'm shocked," and it was just so. Oh, he was such a disgusting.
3: Oh, I just put the audacity.
1: Oh, have you guys ever seen that thing where it's like, "Where do men find the auda?" Where like, "Where do you where where do men get the audacity?" And it's like a picture of like you know like an anatomical drawing of a man, but instead of the appendix, it's like the audacity. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the, um, have you seen the, why are men? Have you seen that? No, I
3: haven't. No, I haven't. So there's this meme online, why are men? And it's the, or men are headache or why are men as well. There's two of them. But basically this one woman was like doing an interview thing. And this lady, English wasn't her first language. She was just like, (laughs) men are headache. Why are men? And it's like now
1: this meme. (laughs) Why am I? <laughs> oh, God. I don't know why I thought about this earlier, but I've just been like so hormonal and everything. And I thought about there was this comedian, American comedian, who did this hilarious bit where she was like singing a song. She had like a little keyboard and everything. She's like, when NASA scientists asked like a female astronaut, like how many, how many tampons? This, she did it way better. Like anyone who's listening, just Google this and like you will get her rendition. It's so funny. But she's like, when NASA scientists asked how many tampons they should send up into space, like for, you know, the lady astronauts that were going, you know, they said, <laughs> they said I'm butchering this joke but it's like how about a hundred will that be enough yeah that you would use a hundred down one period I just oh it's like it It again google it because I've literally butchered it but when I tell you that like I haven't because I've done it so badly and I haven't given the context Thing at is, though, all, you say you...
3: that Jen but when I go away literally for a weekend I pack like 25 pairs of
1: knickers like I'm gonna <laughs> oh,
2: <laughs>
3: I... it on myself well, every better... half
1: hour like literally for however many days you're away you should always pack 3x or 4x underwear per day because like God knows what will happen but like I'm just saying like if you literally are going up into space for one week and then you're coming back even if you are on your period every single day you are not going to go through 100 tampons I don't know I mean you would have to be changing them hourly practically to get that to like volume level my, my just...
3: brain just went to a really weird place that I was <laughs> thinking about being in space and how, how would I get changed and you know when well, you've like putting your bra up your boobs yeah. would be going hitting me face
1: how <laughs> you'd even change a tampon in space and i never want to know i mean that's the last place i'd ever want to go and i believe me i'm not even going to get the chance to go no one will ask me but like, i just oh my god but the idea that men are just so clueless about women that they're like oh how many how many tampons do you use in a period a hundred a hundred how about that and it's just like
3: i've seen someone online be like which one do you want the lemon or the or the like the blueberry flavor or whatever and like one's like green and one's like purple <laughs>
1: We could go on and on, but anyways, I know all of our listeners will know exactly what we're talking about. Next week,
3: we are on series six, episode five. We would love you to watch along and listen along with us, but yeah, follow us on Instagram, Threads, Twitter, Facebook. We've got a YouTube channel that you can subscribe to, Instagram. yeah, Instagram. You can follow us and subscribe and give us a lovely message on and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast. Yeah, we've got them. We've got them everywhere. So yeah. Uh, yeah, give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a comment. Give us some questions. If you need questions, that'd be amazing. Also, mm-hmm. at the end of this series, we will be doing a listener special. So if you've got yep. anything you wanna want us to ask for that or get us to do, we are gonna be trying as much as Bex doesn't want to, we are gonna be trying peanut butter and jelly. And my daughter is desperate, desperate to come on for that bit. So we're gonna to have to have her on doing it as well.
1: Is she is she not has she not has she eaten a peanut butter and jelly yet? Never. And she's gonna try one for the first time on that episode?
2: Yes. Oh my god. Do you think Will it you... would be the same if I did it on a toast
1: instead of bread no, no. no honey you have to have it you have to have two pieces of bread with peanut butter and jelly touching each other and eating them as a sandwich you can but I can't have peanut butter and I can't have a toasted sandwich I mean if you if you want to very lightly toast the bread you can do that but you got to make it into a sandwich you can't just put peanut butter on the bottom and then jelly on top and then just eat it like a piece of toast it just seems it's just the texture
2: of bread and peanut it seems very but
3: that's what I think you need that's why I think you need to try it properly because you also if you're, not, I, you're not trying it properly
1: I'm telling you, you, you need to get, like, really, like, you can't get, like, wacky peanut butter. Like, you need to get, like, proper, like, smooth, silky peanut butter, and then, like... Yeah, this is what I was going to ask. Does it need to be, have a crunch or not? I mean, I don't generally go for crunchy peanut butter myself, but if that's the kind of peanut butter you like, that's okay. But I'm just saying, don't I do like, get, like any of that natural peanut butter or peanut butter that has, like, oil on the top or peanut butter that's, like, well, only has... Jen- like we'll different.
3: do all this. We'll discuss all this. But the other thing I'm going to do as well, me and uh, me and my daughter are going to do a fluffer nutter as well.
1: Oh yes, that's right. I have to fluffer nutter. Okay, I'm going to get fluffer nutter stuff. Yes, 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 yes. But yes.
3: again, we've got weeks yet. But
1: oh, oh fluffer nutter. Oh, yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. on that note, you fluffer nutters, <laughs> especially fluffer nutter
1: this week. I'll tell you that much. Oh lordy, Massie's. <laughs> Oh so, yes,
3: yeah, see you all on Series 6, Episode 5. And yep. um, we'll see you next week. See you next week.
2: Ciao, Bye. Ciao.
0: Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.